It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Greetings and salutations on this Grizzlies opening day. The 2023-2024 NBA season already underway with a couple of games last night, but the season begins in earnest today, and your Memphis Grizzlies, shorthanded at that, will host the New Orleans Pelicans, and you're going to have a chance to win a couple of pair of tickets during our broadcast today, so stay tuned for that as we welcome you in to Sports 56 Mornings on this Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd were in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their overstock sale continues with amazing deals on just about everything. 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. If you haven't been to Family Leisure, you don't know what you're missing, folks. Check it out one day when you got a little opportunity, maybe during the weekend. Family Leisure. Again, they sponsor our studio, and we thank them for that. First hour of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Weather-wise today on this Grizzlies opening day, currently we're looking at partly cloudy skies, 66 degrees. Today, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high of 83. Then tonight, partly to mostly cloudy with a low of 66. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow for your Thursday with a high of 82. Coming up on the program today, Jonah Dillon will join us from the Commercial Appeal to talk some Memphis Tigers football. That'll be at 7.30. Andy Borman, Memphis Tigers assistant basketball coach, will join us at 8.05. Ready or not, here comes the college basketball season. The Tigers will play their first of two exhibition games on Sunday as they'll take on Lane College and former Tiger great Andre Turner, who's the head coach there. So Andy Borman at 8.05. At 8.25, one of our Wednesday regulars, Jerry Palm from CBS Sports. We'll talk college football with JP. And then at 9.05, another one of our weekly regulars on Wednesday, and that's DeMichael Cole from the Commercial Appeal. The terrific Grizzlies beat writer will talk to DeMichael about opening night and this season for the Memphis Grizzlies. At about 9.30, it's Five Favorite Things. This week's topic, your five favorite television cops of all time. Any type of law enforcement when it comes to the cops on TV. You can't use movies, but there's a long list of uh, terrific, terrific actors who have played cops, whether in drama, dramatic roles, I should say, or comedic roles. Get your list together. Get them into us. You could do so via the Sports 56 listener line by texting it at 901-360-8255. You can send it to us via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website at sportsmemphis.com before we dive into opening day for the Grizzlies. Yes, I am depressed. Yes, I'm not in a great mood. I will get through it. I am not at all mad at the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are a team that I don't even think about when it comes to Philly's rivals, so it doesn't really bother me. Bother me. But I'll tell you what. When they say, it's just a game, it's just a game, 
I don't, I don't buy it. When you are a diehard fan, especially as long as I have been a diehard fan of the Phillies, it is tough to swallow. It's also tough to swallow when you have your good friend Steve Sands come on the station and root against you, root for the Diamondbacks because he is a Washington guy. When you have your producer, your buddy, Zach Boyd, pick the Diamondbacks over the Phillies in our little contest yesterday, Humdinger's Trivia, that puts me behind the eight ball right away. So I'm going to blame it on Zach. I'm going to blame it on Steve. I'm going to blame it on all the naysayers that the uh, Phillies, all of a sudden, their bats went completely ice cold. Horrible way to lose, my friend. Horrible, horrible way. Good morning to you. Uh, yeah, that is... Um, it, it's, again, baseball's a weird sport. I mean, after two games of that series, the idea of the Diamondbacks winning four of the next five would have been preposterous. <laughs> there's, just, there's no way... Um, and the idea of winning two games in a row in Philadelphia after the Phillies had not lost a home game. Heck, I've really been challenged hardly at home. Uh, just crazy, crazy stuff. Brandon fought when he opened, when he was their first, he pitched their first playoff game and joked about it. Like, this was three and nine in the regular season with an ERA over five. And he's their first, that's their best starter. Like that, no, not, not, not their best starter, but that's the guy they've got in their first playoff game. Then he's out there in game seven of the NFCS, and all he does is keep winning games and gets them into the World Series. Like it's, I said it a few weeks ago at the end of the regular season when they were beating the crap out of the Cubs and to make the postseason. The Diamondbacks are like the most anonymous one. Of, like they're just like nobody knows their players. <laughs> now people know their players, but at that point, like. Cattell Marte and Christian Walker and other than like Zach Gallen and maybe some people that knew Corbin Carroll because he was Evan Longoria and Evan Longoria, but he's not even a like Evan Longoria is like not even a real important part of the team. Although he did a home yeah. run in game six, but yes, I understand your point. But like most of their guy, like nobody knew who the hell they were. If you just started listing their guys, people were like I, he plays major league baseball. No I don't question. know that. No question. And yet here they are. They're in the World Series. It's it's an they, amazing story what they've done i mean they they snuck in you know, lose their last four games of the regular season almost missed the postseason um and then get red hot and now they're into the world series it's it's crazy yeah that's why i can't be pissed at arizona they're like kind of anonymous it's it's arizona for goodness sakes it's not like the phillies lost to the mets or somebody that has hated and the braves of course who they've beaten the last two years so i'm upset i'm depressed I was going to be at Game 1 of the World Series because that's where I'll be on Friday. I was so excited for that. That's all down the drain. But, again, I'm not going to look at the season and go, oh, what a big disappointment. Phillies weren't expected to beat the Braves. And they beat the Braves. They got there. It's just disappointing the way it ended. All of a sudden, final few games of that series, Castellanos, Turner, Harper, on and on. The bats went silent. They went absolutely silent. Castellanos went silent after – I mean – so what he did in the division series to come in, he hits the home run in game one. The dude's like un- just on fire mm-hmm. and literally doesn't get another hit the entire series. <laughs> Has one hit in the series, that home run in game one. Like that's, it, how could you possibly predict that's going to happen? No. It's impossible that what red hot guy comes in, hits a home run game one, everybody's, and he doesn't get another hit the entire series. No, it's, um, it's amazing. They all went cold. All those bats went cold. You know, game six, obviously, they got to Aaron Nola early, who was great in his first appearance in the NLCS. And then in game seven, Ranger Suarez did a pretty good job. You get to the relievers. The relievers are always giving up hits. 
it always happens. I, I knew they were in trouble because those bats were so silent. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a good feeling today. And so now you have the um, predictable. I think everybody had this as their predictions before the season started. I know you and I did that the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks will play in the World Series. Yeah, if you uh, could have predicted this, um, I, I don't know what the odds would have been for this as the World Series matchup uh, in the preseason, but it'd be maybe way up, way up there. <laughs> like, Kerry Miller was very high on the Diamondbacks in the preseason. Uh, I don't think he had him anywhere near the World Series. Uh, so, but yeah, I don't, and I know a lot will be made about ratings and all of that for this thing. I, I, I'm who cares? Sure it yeah, I, who, it, bottom line is it's like two teams that are, Pretty amazing stories. Um, again, the Diamondbacks, especially the fact that you know, it's not some big money spending. You know, the rate. The funny thing about like, the Rangers, they would outspend all the money, but Jacob Degrom isn't even a part of the team. <laughs> like all the money they spent in the offseason was a waste for the most part because they went and got Jacob Degrom, and he's not even pitching for them and hasn't pitched for them hardly at all this year. So and Scherzer's and, been in and, and out, with and they somehow found a way still to. Mm-hmm. I mean, most times you go make that type of free agent signing, and he gets hurt and doesn't pitch for you. That's probably going to be the death knell for your season. But they found a way. It's it's. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, and look, give a shout out to Tori Lovello. Did a great job with his team. Of course, on the other side, you have Bruce Bochy, who's more than likely headed to Cooperstown for his managerial expertise. But yeah, that's your World Series. It begins in Arlington on Friday. You got Texas. You have Arizona. Uh, let's say hi to the uh, our, our uh, resident snake handler, Zach Boyd. How are you, my friend? Dealing all, with I'm not a snake. Diamondbacks. You're dealing with all kinds of uh, snakes, uh, Boa constrictors and all that stuff. I mean, I mean, I can't help it if I was right yesterday. Like, <laughs> look at the color shirt he's wearing. Like, I look can't at, help it. Look at the color shirt he's wearing. Look, look at the color. He's wearing Diamondbacks colors. Am I? Yes. I thought I thought these were no. Know, that's the Diamondbacks colors. No, that's Diamondbacks colors right I got there, my, my friend. On, man. man, you got Diamondbacks colors on. You were right. Man, yeah, I, thought, I, mean, I, thought we were, I thought we were friends. Yeah, you're right at my expense. I am not happy with you. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't have to watch the game last night. So, you know. You didn't have just... to, and you didn't. And in, in the end, you were right. That's, yeah. And that's, can't fault your can't He fault probably went for, to bed and didn't even know who lost can't or fault won. a man for being right. right. Unbelievable. And, and I got the end. notification that said the Diamondbacks is moving to the World Series. And I just kind of just did my Jordan shrug. Like. <laughs> How about, by the way, that Cattell Marte, even on a night where he strikes out four times, still gets, gets still gets the hit <laughs> and still continues his hitting streak that he's, every postseason game he's ever played, he gets a hit. Yeah, that dude is unbelievable. 16-game postseason hitting streak. And then we talked about the kind of the, the no-names of Arizona. The one name you better start to know, he was an all-star this year as a rookie, is Corbin Carroll. He had three hits, all singles. He had a sacrifice fly, which was a big insurance run. He had two stolen bases. Is the guy has had an unbelievable year. And again, they hold the Phillies, the Diamondback pitchers, not exactly murder. It's not exactly uh, Bob Feller and Warren Spahn. Um, it is whoever they pitched, including Fott in game seven, and they hold the Phillies to three runs in game six and seven combined. Three total runs for the Phillies. Yeah, again, there's, there's no way you would have ever possibly thought that they could do that in Philadelphia. Um, with the way the Phillies had just been pounding the baseball at home, um, but yeah, it's 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 incredible. David Texas says it's the Diamondbacks that have the hot tub in the outfield. Well, they've got the pool. Yes. They got a pool the, in right center field. The I thought it was I thought it was a hot tub. 
I think it's a. I think it's a full. I it might be a hot tub. Because the home run. Because the home run. That was a gigantic hot tub. The what's his name's home run in game? What game was that that he hit the home run off? Who? Kimbrel. What, what game did they hit the home run off Kimbrel? Uh, oh, oh the, uh, Thomas hit the yeah. home run. His, it landed in there. Game. Game. Was that five? Four or five? Wait, five Phillies won. Game four, maybe. Game four, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that that home run landed in it. Yes, and, it and the guy that. jumped in, and I remember that. But it doesn't matter. Hot tub, pool, it is that stadium. Yes, exactly. And it's not a homer-friendly stadium by any stretch. It used to be, but then the humidor changed things. The humidor absolutely changed things. So uh, it, it, It's both. They have, have both. They have both. They have both. Hot tub and pool. Yeah, okay. Because I say that's an awfully hot big, tub. Yeah. It'd be an awfully big hot tub. I know yeah. that much. Yeah, I didn't know if they make the giant hot tubs. They probably have masseuses back there, all that stuff. So here's another twist to the World Series. Each team has a former Memphis Redbird on the team. For Arizona, it's Tommy Pham. And for Texas, it's the red-hot Adolis Garcia. Both guys at one point played for the Memphis Redbirds. And that's why I always say, you know, people who frown on minor league baseball, you have a triple-A baseball team right here. You are looking at not all, but many of the guys who will play in the bigs and some that will be future stars, like Adolis Garcia, who's an all-star. But one Redbird. Now, maybe there's another one somewhere on the rosters. I haven't dug deep into the rosters, but I know at least one Redbird on each of the teams that will play in the 2023 World Series. So there you go. I'm depressed. It is what it is. Tonight, speaking of depression, the Grizzlies will hobble into the start of the regular season without Steven Adams, without Brandon Clark, without John Morant, and maybe without Santi Aldama, as he kind of snuck up on everybody with a right ankle sprain that he suffered in practice. So he's day-to-day. Doesn't mean he's out for the game. Haven't got that final report today. But the Grizzlies who opened as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's a pick-em game against the New Orleans Pelicans. I saw a bunch of the predictions yesterday from SI.com and all all the publications, and most of them did not have the Grizzlies in the playoff. Doesn't mean it won't turn out to be a great year and the Grizzlies will be in the playoffs and they'll make a run. Doesn't mean anything. It's just right now those bold predictions by those prognosticators don't have the Grizzlies for several reasons. The West is loaded, and some of those teams that were kind of on the cusp last year have improved, and the Grizzlies have their issues. Well, first of all, Sensi Aldama is out. Oh, he's definitely he's listed out. out. He was listed, they listed oh, I thought, out I thought he was listed report. as day-to-day. Okay, sorry. He's, he, was listed, he's, he is day-to-day, but he's listed as out gotcha. on the injury report for tonight's gotcha. game. Okay, all right. Um, so, uh, woo! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Good times! They, they don't have a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of bigs um, <laughs> available for tonight's game. Um, and they're going against a big front line, so it's the, they, it, that's the challenge. But um, And a but, former Grizzly, Jonas Valanciunas. You get Valanciunas and... Um, Zion, you got Jokic coming up on Friday night. So uh, you could use some big bodies here over the next few days. Um, and, and right now they do not have that. Now, Santi might be back for Friday night. We'll have to wait and see as far as that is concerned. But The biggest body is Kenneth Lofton Jr. It's just that he's not the tallest guy. He's your guy. Hopefully he, if it's a close game tonight, we get down to the end, get him the basketball, let him go win the game for he's, you. He's not my guy. I like Kenneth Lofton Jr., but I like you him. You need a bucket? 
Go to Kenneth Lofton well, he Jr. Will, he gets in that game, I bet you he scores some points. Well, yeah, that's, that's just he will. That's what he is. <laughs> so and he will every, give up some points. So will every other player that's in the game tonight. And he will give up some points. There's no question about it. So uh, opening night in the NBA. Other than Grayson Allen, so will every other NBA player that plays. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, we're going to talk about the two games from last night. Oh, by the way, as I, uh, I think I mentioned, maybe I missed it at the beginning of our show, we're going to give away two pair of tickets for tonight's opening night. For the Grizzlies. So we got two pairs of tickets we'll be giving away on this show. Before we talk about the games from last night, breaking news according to Pete Thamel. American conference officials have voted Army into the league as a football-only member. The sides are working toward Army joining the league starting in 2024. Man, the good news just keeps rolling in. (laughs) I, I, I don't. Good times for all. Army, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, Army-Navy game will not be a conference game. It will not have anything to do with the American It conference. must have been that performance this past weekend that really set them over the top with the, what, 63 nothing loss? or what, Ooh, what 65 nothing. What did it end up being? I don't even remember what the I think final score was. 65 I know that you, LSU, LSU had a whole bunch of points, and Army did not score. That's all I know. It, it, it was... It was but so I guess that was it. That was, Mike Oresco was at that one. He was like, Wow! We have got to get this into our conference. This is amazing. They can get shut out. We can kick Heine, though. We got Army and Navy, baby. We got all the material we need. We want to get into some kind of, you know, fight on the ground with the SEC or the Big Ten. We can take it to them. But Army, according to Pete Thamel, we we thought it was going in this direction. We thought it was going to be football only, and it is. It makes no sense to me. So there you go. Um, so last night, two games. The Denver Nuggets got their championship rings and then went out and beat the Lakers, 119 to 107. What else is new? Uh, Nikola Jokic, triple double. What else is new? 29 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. I don't care. He may not have picked up a basketball when he went home for the summer. He was involved in horse racing and partying and smoking cigars and drinking whatever he drank. And then he comes back and just kicks tail, as he always does. LeBron, who is 75 years old, the oldest player in the NBA, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and 29 minutes. Again, LeBron is always going to give you whatever he has. And then there's Anthony Davis, who scores 17 points in the first half and scores a goose egg in the second half. Denver, picking up where they left off. Yeah, uh, Jokic looked really, really good, um, which is... No surprise there. Jamal Murray looked good. Um, they just looked good overall. And interesting that your know, Lakers are limiting LeBron's minutes. Um, you know, and, and he was a plus seven when he was out there, but they limited him and they, they say they've got their plan in place to to limit minutes for him as he only plays twenty nine minutes. He looked good in the time he was out there and but yeah, Davis for Davis to go scoreless in a half is is pretty hard. <laughs> pretty, you, I mean, the guy is that good. It, there's that should never, ever happen. Um, well, the sports gods came together with the gambling gods and said, "We're just going to screw Gaston." I mean, we had the Colts get screwed on Sunday. The Phillies bats go anemic and uh, they lose to the Diamondbacks. And then I get a free parlay last night. I hit all the legs except for Anthony Davis. I needed 25 points from him, 26 to be exact. He scored 17 in the first half. I thought it was a shoo-in. He scores zero in the second half. Zero. Yes. I'm glad to have the NBA back so I get to listen to you how one guy screwed your parlay every night. He did. <laughs> I'm not going to be I, – I, there's not going to be much gambling coming from me. If, if they're not free bets, it's probably it for me. I just 
Uh, it's it's too hard. It is absolutely too hard. I mean, who would have ever thought that he would go scoreless in the second half? But then again, who would have ever thought that the Phillies' bats would go dormant for the last two games of their series? Sports betting is just crazy. Then you have the nightcap. Phoenix playing Golden State. Phoenix without Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal misses the first game since his arrival in Phoenix. No Draymond Green for Golden State. And the Suns still win 108-104 in San Francisco. Devin Booker, he's good. 32 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. KD was 18-11, and 11, and then Steph did his thing with 27 points. Suns, many people think the Suns can dethrone the Denver Nuggets. They win on the road at Golden State. Devin Booker was really, really good. Um, they, uh, you know, the Nurkic, you know, double-double for him. Grayson Allen, his debut, not so good. Um, did not score a point, but... Good to see uh, Yuta Watanabe out there being an important part of that team uh, coming off the bench. I love love me some Yuta. Um, you know, obviously no uh, Beal yet, but the, a lot of a lot of what they put together looked real, looked good last night. Couple of other notes from the sports world before we take our first time out. Bob Melvin and the Blue Notes switching teams. The manager of the Padres seeked permission from the team to interview for the San Francisco Giants job was given permission, Giants hired him. Bob Melvin moving in the same division from San Diego to San Francisco. Kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm with the fact that he didn't make the playoffs with that Padres team this past year, I don't. I can't imagine the Padres were really caring whether he left or not, honestly. Probably not, right? I, I, I'm a little surprised they didn't fire him to begin with. So they're probably, oh, yeah, fine, thank you, I don't care. They probably realized it wasn't his fault. We have all these high-priced players not doing their job. From the NFL, Mike Vrabel announces that Will Levis, the rookie from Kentucky, who hasn't played a down yet. Am I correct about that? He hasn't played one second yet. I don't think so, no. He's starting on Sunday as the Titans return to action after a bye week. They'll host the Falcons. Now, they will play Malik Willis, according to Vrabel, but Will Levis will be the number one guy, and then Willis will get in at times. Tanny Hill is out with an injury, so we'll see what the kid from Kentucky can do. And then on the Mikey Williams front, there's more news in case you missed it yesterday. Mikey Williams, the signee of the University of Memphis, who continues to be on their roster, at least by name, is facing three additional charges in relation to the March 27th shooting outside his San Diego home. So if you're counting at home, kids, he's now facing nine felony charges. Nine. I, I I I don't know what it's going to take for Penny to just I know. Just, like what? I don't know what you're waiting for like I, I know loyalty's no one thing but come on this makes no sense to continue to keep that keep him on your roster theoretically like there, just there are still people move along there are still people that think like uh, yeah he'll be on the team no he he will not be on the team I mean how can you even think that is he he could be on the California Penal League. Tigers. Last night in college football, the fighting Jerry kills. New Mexico State edged out Louisiana Tech 27-24. So they're 6-3. La Tech is 3-6. Now, I did not know this. New Mexico State plays 13 games, so they have to win 7 to become bowl eligible, but all they need is one more win to become bowl eligible for a second straight year. They, I looked this up. So they had a bowl season in 2017. New Mexico State. Other than that 2017 season, when they were like they went seven and six, they went seven games that year. The basically the last 20 years, they were a 
two to three win team. Yes, a doormat. Jerry Kill comes in, takes him to a bowl last year in year one. Looks like he's going to take him to a bowl in year two. Like this, it's an amazing job for him to come in with a program that basically has not had a pulse for twenty years and immediately go to back to back bowl games. Jerry Kill's health issues has what derailed him from being. He's a good coach, a really good coach, but maybe being a coach at a high profile. Now, he coached what, in the Big Ten? Yeah, it was at Minnesota. At Minnesota. But, I mean, a real high-profile job. Jerry Kill is a good coach. And then you were right, Liberty, they beat Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's not a bad team, and they went to Western Kentucky and won 42-29. to Liberty is 8-0. Western Kentucky is 4-4. Liberty's remaining schedule looks Really easy. They have already clinched a spot in Conference USA's championship game. I got into a discussion with someone about Liberty and where they stand versus like a Mountain West Conference champion or an American champion. And they were trying to tell me that a, like a one-loss American Conference champion would get in over an undefeated Liberty. No, Liberty is going to be your New Year's Six representative from the group of five if they go undefeated. Or Air Force, I mean Air Force will probably if they're undefeated. One loss, two lane, we get over them. You think a one loss, two lanes? Yes. Actually, the argument was a one one loss, two lane. No, the easily. argument the argument was a two loss American team. That's what it was a two loss American conference champion team. I, I don't want to shortchange my my discussion. Yeah, Li- Liberty might get in over a two loss, but yeah, one loss American conference champion is definitely going. Yeah, it was that. a two. It was a two loss American conference champion, two loss Mountain West conference champion versus an undefeated Liberty. Yes, there. I give I give it. You're right about that. One loss difference, even undefeated, I think would go to the better conference, the American or the Mountain West. But two loss difference and an undefeated conference champion in Liberty. Liberty's getting that spot. Now, right now, Air Force almost looks unbeatable in the Mountain West. Well, the thing is, like, I would assume next week we'll get the first rankings. I'm going to guess Liberty will not be in them. Whereas Tulane probably Tulane will, will be. be, Air yeah. Force will be, like these teams will be, like, and I and they again, they don't have anything on their schedule that's really going to impress anybody. So no, I don't no. I, even even with another loss. Now it would part. It would depend who the other loss would be by or be two for Tulane. But I, I'm not even sure that Liberty would get over two loss Tulane. I don't know. That was the uh, that was the discussion. Uh, I mean, that again, person would, said they didn't think would, so. I said it, no. They it would, would be who that other loss is to. Um, all right. would be, because I mean, the, the loss to Ole Miss without Michael Pratt, they're not going to hold that against them at all, really. Like, they'll be like, okay, whatever. And then, so it just kind of depends who the other loss was, too. But I'll say, Liberty, Jamie Chadwell, like, if Arkansas were to make a move with Pittman, if anybody, you should be trying to figure out how to get Jamie Chadwell as your head coach. That yeah. dude is, his off, like, it's, he's just, he's good. He knows what he's doing, especially on the offensive side. And it'd be interesting to see if Caden Salter had stayed at Tennessee. If he, I wonder if he would be the starting quarterback right now over Joe Milton. Yeah, I'm not that sure. That dude can run. No, but uh, and he can throw. I'm with you 100. I've been a fan of Jamie Chadwell for years, watching him what he did at Coastal Carolina, put them on the map. All right, we need to take our first time out. When we come back, we're talking Memphis Tigers football with Jonah Dillon from the Commercial Appeal. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM 
and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 7.32 the time. I'm going to talk with Jonah Dillon here in just a moment. If If you missed the Pete Thamel reporting that Army is in, now they're just figuring out if the... Black Knights can join the American Conference in time for the 2024 season. It's football only. So you're losing SMU, which plays all sports, and you're bringing in a football only team. Again, I, I it doesn't make sense to me. I'll ask Joan if it makes sense to him. But he is a, well, relatively new comer to the Memphis area. He covers the University of Memphis Tigers football team for the Commercial Appeal, does a terrific job. You can follow him on Twitter at the Jonah Dillon. Jonah Dillon joining us now on Sports 56 Mornings. And thanks for getting up early for us, Jonah. How are you? What is this, like a 7.15 in the morning news break here that we've got to <laughs> jump on? I mean, that's how, you, that's how you get going in the morning. Wake you right up, man. Yeah, so nothing that we didn't expect, right? There's been conversations for at least several months that Army would come in to replace SMU. But, again, you're replacing an all-sports program in in SMU, all sports. You bring in a football-only playing sport or a football-only playing team in Army. I don't. I don't understand where it makes sense to me. Army. We were uh, joking around. Yet, good timing as Army's coming off a uh, loss to LSU by a thousand points. But your thoughts on on Army joining this American conference? Yeah, I think part of it when we look at all this conference realignment stuff, we have conferences rating other conferences, and obviously, you look at what happened to the Pac-12, and you can point to other conferences as pretty much putting the nails in the coffin of that whole conference. So. Uh, Army is an independent for football, which means when you add them, you're not taking away from another conference, which we know the American Conference did pretty badly to Conference USA with all those teams that came in this season. Mm-hmm. So I think that that goes into it with like, hey, if, if, if I'm Mike Oresco and I'm going to go after Army, I'm not going to go after another conference. I'm not going to go after programs that are, you know, working together to try to rebuild other conferences. So it's a it's a move that I think you can kind of just slide in there, let that army, and there's no like repercussions that are going to come. So I think that's part of it. It's an easy move in that sense. Um, the, the biggest question is what's going to happen with Army-Navy, right? Because that's typically a non-conference game. It gets played after the conference championship week. It's a huge game, obviously. It's the only game on that week, and everybody's watching it, even though the score is like, Three to two, you say. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an, I, hey, it's an Iowa football. It's an Iowa football game every year. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that's gonna. The Americans have to figure out how that's gonna work because it doesn't really make sense to have a conference game after everything's over. 
And if it's a non-conference game, it's kind of just a weird court. But, but that's the way it's going to stay, John. It is not changing. I, I'm good friends of the voice of Navy. It's not changing. Army-Navy is going to stay the same. It's going to stay independent. It's not going to count toward the conference. It makes no sense to me. Then you bring in another unorthodox offense. I'm sure Ryan Silverfield and the rest of the coaches are like, you got to be kidding me. You know how long it takes for us to get ready for Navy? Well, maybe it helps right. because you get ready for Navy. Now you're maybe ready for Army. But if I don't know. If, if they were... If the, the idea that they're an independent and they're easy to add played any part in this, to me, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's every conference for yourselves at this point. And, like, to me, you should just be going to get the best program you can get to make your your conference that much better when people look at it. Because yeah. you're trying to earn – in the end, you'll be trying to earn a spot in the playoff. Like, you're, you want your conference champion to be one of those – one of those that's good enough to make the playoff. And so you should be – to me, you should be looking at the Liberties and James Madisons and Coastal Carolinas, those, because you should want the best possible football program for your conference. Who cares whether you're stealing from another conference again or not? Yeah, well, I think I think part of it, though, is when you look at what, obviously, Michael Resco said a couple months ago, they're not going to look westward, which, which there was rumors of, obviously, Oregon State and Washington State. Um, if you look at what the options were for a team that, I don't even know what region we're looking at anymore because regions don't make sense anymore <laughs> right. in conferences. But if you look at, you know, maybe a, a Sunbelt team or any anything in that area, Army, because of the Army-Navy game, really, and just because it's literally Army, is a bigger brand than all of those schools. Now, obviously, like you talked about James Madison, that's, they're having an amazing season, a program on the rise, all of those things. Realistically, people know Army because they watch the Army Navy game. That's, that's a huge game. It's on CBS, and everybody watches it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, regardless of the quality of play or the quality of offensive play. Um, <laughs> but uh, but so I think if you look at the options that he gave himself within those like constraints, Army may have been the best option. Um, now, at that point, it's not like there were a lot of options. So I'm not saying Army is this incredible program, but within those constraints, it's like. You know that that's all he could do, and I think he wanted to, to do something where he could get something ready to go for next season. Um, and obviously, a team that doesn't have to buy out of a conference and deal with all those things that makes it easier. So I think all of those things kind of play a part, and then this is kind of how we end up. And, and the other thing is, it's going to leave an odd number for basketball or for the other sports. Like, but obviously, basketball. So it's a it's a weird thing to have an odd number. They'll be sitting at. 13 i guess for basketball and all the other sports going forward um it's a little little strange well the one thing i do agree with what jonah said is it was kind of the easy out for michael resco i don't think he's worried about poaching i mean unfortunately poaching has become a a part of the uh, of the daily occurrences in, in collegiate sports i mean poaching has been going on now for quite some some time with realignment but I think you're right. I think it was it's kind of the easy thing is to grab them. They're an independent. They bring them in for football only. But it brings up other problems. The odd number with the other sports as well, as, as Eli just alluded to. And again, you're bringing in a team that's just unorthodox with their offense. They're not fun to watch. Low scoring games. And yes, they're, they're a bigger brand because it's Army, for goodness sakes. But don't give me the New York market and West Point and all that stuff. Come on. You have programs now in other conferences, and including what you mentioned with the Sun Belt. They may be smaller in stature, but Appalachian State, it may be Boone, North Carolina, and may not 
not have the huge following, but it is a really good football program on the rise. And for me, like Eli said, as you look down the road with the expanded playoff and a group of five team that will be involved in maybe two of the first couple of years, you want your conference to be the best. And I, I don't think it's better because of Army. That's just my opinion. Everybody's entitled to one. Let's move on. All right, so the Memphis Tigers Saturday in Denton, uh, Denton Texas against North Texas. They took care of business, Jonah, at, at UAB. You were there. We were talking before the game. But, man, oh, man, did that start out ugly for them. Yeah, about as bad as it could have gotten. Three-play touchdown drive for uh, UAB. To, they, I mean, they, they won the, you know, they won the toss and they elected to receive, and then they obviously had a plan of what they were going to do, and they went down the field and scored right away. Um, it felt like UAB, Trent Dilfer approached that game basically as, like, I'm a, I'm a big underdog and I got to create some mm-hmm. sort of chaotic game, and maybe if we do enough weird things, we can create this game that's kind of back and forth and we end up winning, which I think is interesting thinking back on it, that a team that opened as like a four-and-a-half-point underdog against Memphis at home would approach the game that way. Um, obviously, they are they haven't had a great season. They're new to the conference, kind of stepping up to this level. Um, but to, for Memphis to obviously be coming off a loss against Tulane and then have another team approach a game like that is kind of interesting, and I'm kind of interested to see flipping it forward to this week, how North Texas approaches it. I think we might see something similar. Um, but then in the second half, Memphis kind of flexed. They, they figured it out defensively. And they showed basically like it was true. You know, we, we were on another level and defensively they had control of the game. The offense was pretty smooth throughout, um, mm-hmm. just kind of having, you know, scoring on, on long drives, not turning the ball over. And ultimately it was a, it was a pretty dynamic performance. Um, and a 24 point win, obviously it just, it was, it was not great in the, particularly in the first quarter and then really in the first half as a whole. What do you see, or do you have any kind of theory as to why seemingly every game they are having the troubles early on? Yeah, they just can't. Well, it was weird because this game, the, the games before that, we'd always been talking about the offense right. was the was the unit that couldn't figure it out at the beginning of the game and then adjusted. I think this game, it was obviously the defense. The offense was, was fine. Um, I think the the defense, you got There's a caveat in this game, which is obviously the weird situation with the UAB quarterback, where he warms up and then doesn't play, and then the guy who's the backup isn't out there right away, and then they're rotating in three different quarterbacks um, at times, literally rotating in different quarterbacks play by play, which again goes back to what I was saying before about just creating a chaotic game, but also defensively, you're talking about you guys are standing back there at quarterback and you have no idea who they are, which is crazy to think about college football at this day and age that that's happening. But I, I believe them that that was actually true. And then at halftime, like Ryan Sewerfield said on Monday, at halftime they basically put up a, a whiteboard or something in the locker room with numbers for the quarterbacks. And they said, okay, this guy is a runner. This guy's going to throw it. This is what we know about him. This is what we know about him. And then they came out in the second half and they had all the information and they forced more turnovers. And UAB's offense really had nothing for them. Um, going forward, so I give them credit for the adjustments they made, mm-hmm. and I think I think the offense not starting slow is something to to think about 
if they can do that again this week, then maybe they've turned a corner, and I would expect the defense to get it going quicker this week than they did last week. Of course, they've even made it more difficult because they did not have their names on the back of the jerseys. They had, yeah. they had the kids. <laughs> so you even literally, if you couldn't go by name because you're like, I don't that I, that's not his name on the back of his jersey. That's right. You had to, you had to stick to the numbers. Uh, Jonah Dillon is joining us. He covers Memphis Tigers football. He's the beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter at the Jonah Dillon. So. Ryan Silverfield sort of downplayed it at Monday's presser. I think you may have asked the question, but here's Seth Hennigan back home, where he's from, friends and family. Not that friends and family don't come and see him in Memphis, but he's back in his backyard. Do you see this being um, a little bit of a advantage for for uh, Seth? Do you look at it as maybe kind of a, a little bit nerve-wracking situation? He is a junior now. He's played a bunch of games. We know that he got really amped up for that two-lane game, and he had to be settled down after the start he got up to. What do you expect from uh, from Seth going into a game where he's playing in his hometown? Yeah, I think I think we should expect a, a normal game. I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, talking to some of his family members this week, they, they expect there to be a fair amount of Hennigan's in the stands, a lot of people haven't gotten to see him play um, since he's been in college or, or not in a while. So I was told at least 20 Hennigans uh, will be in the stands for, for that game. I think, um, you know, he's a guy who sometimes he has a little bit of an edge to him, and mm-hmm. he wasn't recruited right away. So North Texas, you know, he grew up about 10 minutes from that stadium. And they didn't recruit him until kind of late in his process. And that's the kind of thing that, he and, and his dad too. They kind of take as a chip on their shoulder, um, and so I, I, I would expect that to come out a little bit. If he's having a good game, he might let them know about it. Um, but I, but I think you know it's, it's an exciting thing. It's kind of one of those quirks of conference realignment where you end up getting to play in this game, um, and uh, and he gets to have his homecoming game as a guy who comes back, like you said, as a third year starter and wants to prove that he's a different player than he was when he was a freshman and when he was a high school player. Yeah. And, and it's a big opportunity for him. Um, and, and I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Would you be surprised if the Tigers, when they face SMU here in Memphis, are not 8-2? It's hard to say because we've seen so much inconsistency. All it takes is, is to have that drag out longer than a half or something. And Things go badly, and you can lose one of these games. Now, Memphis will obviously be favored to, to be 8-2 before that game. Um, I think if, if they come out on, on Saturday and they win convincingly, that'll be impressive because we know that this team has had problems winning on the road under Ryan Silverfield mm-hmm. um, going back since he's been that coach. And, and, and fair enough, it's hard to win on the road in college football, no matter what, even if you're favored. If they go and they win two games on the road convincingly and by significant, you know, they win by a lot, then I think it's much easier to be confident that that's going to happen. And if you, you know, if you look at the way that the conference is shaping up, it, it really, the margin of error really is gone. They have to win all their games the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about interest in the team and all this, you know, if, if they lose one of these games, people are going to check out. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what they're up against. So I would expect them to be eight and two, but there's there's a million ways you can see things going south. He covers the Memphis Tigers football squad for the commercial appeal. He does a great job doing so. You can follow him on Twitter at the Jonah Dillon. He is Jonah Dillon. Jonah, thanks for getting up early with us. I'll see you down in Denton. 
Thanks, I appreciate it. Take care. This side of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of Quince and White Station. Had to pick up a few things yesterday, stopped by there. One of the great things about East Memphis Ace Hardware, the staff is great. You have to go in there. If you can't find exactly what you're looking for, you ask them. They'll like, they know everything. I think they know every inch of the store because they'll be like, oh, yep, right over here. And they'll take you right to it and you're, you've got it. Or if they don't have something or exactly what you're looking for, it's easy to order it and they'll get it in for you without any problem whatsoever. Of course, the big green egg and all the egg accessories, the Benjamin Moore paint, all of the stuff that you need for any do it yourself projects around the house. And again, a great friendly staff that is there to help you and knows everything everything about that store backwards and forwards. Go see them. Go to corner of Quince and White Station, East Memphis, Ace Hardware. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Hump Day. Yeah, weekend a couple of days away, but tonight... It's opening night for the Memphis Grizzlies at FedEx Forum. They'll take on the New Orleans Pelicans. And you want to go to the game? You're asking yourself, you want to, do you want to go to the game? I got two tickets for you. 360-8255, caller number five. Caller number five at 901-360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. Would you like to go see... Opening night in the NBA for the Grizzlies as they take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Caller number five at 901-360-8255. All right, so what is your prediction on wins this year, record-wise? What do you think the Grizzlies will do? Uh, I think they'll be right around the 45-46 range. Okay. Mid-40s. Mid-40s. I have the Grizzlies going. We have our fifth caller. Thank you very much. We are going to give away another pair of tickets later on in the show. But thank you. We do have our fifth caller. Last year, the fifth place team was, actually it was a tie, Clippers and the Warriors. I guess the Clippers finished fifth, tie break, 44 and 38. Warriors were 44 and 38. And then the Lakers... Of course, they were in the play and made the great run. They were 43-39. and 39. And then Timberwolves had 42 wins. Pelicans had 42 wins. Thunder had 40. That was your 10. That includes your playoff teams, top six, and then the play-in teams. I have the Grizzlies at 43-39. and 39. So four games over 500. 43 would put them right on the cusp of getting to that sixth spot or finishing in seventh and the first play-in team. That's how it turned out last year. Doesn't mean that that's what will happen this year. Nuggets were first last year. Grizzlies were second at 51 and 31. So with all that's going on with the Grizzlies, they were 20 games over 500. With all the issues, I have them dropping down eight games, eight less wins, which is not a disaster which still has them right there with that possibility to get into the playoffs without having to go through 
the play-in. You, if you have them at 45-46, you have them firmly in there. That would be around the fourth or fifth spot in the West. Yeah, I think they'll be in the. It'll be in that running for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. And it's impossible to predict how the NBA season plays out because of injuries and all that stuff. But uh, I think they will be in the running for the middle of the West down to the play-in. Wouldn't shock me if they end up in the play-in. Um, could end up in the play-in at 45, 46 wins. Um, but I think that's kind of where they are. They're with without Adams. I think they're kind of in the middle of that group of the Western Conference um, as far as playoff teams go. I'll be curious to see how teams handle load management when we have the new rules that were mandated by the commissioner, Adam Silver. So I, I, I don't know. We get first game of the year, Bradley Beal's not playing for Phoenix. Now he has a legitimate injury, I, I assume. You're not going to rest the guy first game if he's healthy. But there's load management, and there's also load management within the game. As we talked about earlier, LeBron played only 29 minutes. He will be limited on the minutes that he will play. I'm sure that will happen around the league. So maybe that's the way they kind of circumvent around the new rules. Maybe the guy plays, but he plays a limited amount of minutes. Of course, with the Grizzlies, it's not a question of having players with limited minutes. It's just having players. Again, they will open the night with New Orleans without Steven Adams, who's out for the year, without Brandon Clark, who's out for a minimal half, minimum half of the year. You don't have Santi Aldama tonight. Obviously, Joss suspended for the first 25 games. New Orleans tonight at home, tough challenge. Friday, Denver at home, tough challenge. You go on the road Saturday, play Washington. Tyus Jones, former Grizzly, he'll be ready. And then you have Monday, the Mavericks come in with Kyrie and Doncic. Again, who's playing, who's not playing, you never know in the NBA anymore. But that is a, even though overall their first 25 games, not as tough as the rest of the season, and I break it down at 25 because of jaw. But that's a pretty tough start to the year, these first three, four games. And there's a chance that you can get off to a really, really bad start. Yeah, I mean, get New Orleans, Dallas, Denver, certainly. Um, these are teams that are figuring to be playoff teams, certainly. Um, the fact that you got them at home, there, there would be nice games to win. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be difficult with with the uh, sh- how shorthanded the team is. Zach, what is your prediction? Wins, losses what, for the Grizzlies? The, fir- the first 25? No, for the season. Uh, I think they could get to 50 wins again. Really? I think so. I think the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are built to handle the regular season. So if they're missing guys... They got guys on the on the team that can that can step up. The only question is, like, do the Grizzlies have a consistent top eight that they that they can constantly go to? And we'll see that throughout the season. Hopefully, someone can step up and be the top eight going into the playoffs. So you got to make like even 50, 50 and thirty two. Yeah. Okay, that's very optimistic. You're not alone. There's a lot of people that are extremely optimistic of, of this team because of that nucleus. But again, if Jaron Jackson Jr doesn't become a better rebounder, that's going to be an issue. If Jaron Jackson Jr. gets into foul trouble, that's going to be an issue. Dez is going to have to shoot the rock like he's always shot the rock. And I think we're all confident that that guy is going to have an explosive year. Obviously, when Ja comes back, he has to be the Ja Morant we all know and love. But before that all happens, again, 
Those role players, as Zach just mentioned, are going to be absolute keys. Who's going to step up? Is Zaire Williams going to step up? Santi Aldama, lots expected from him, but again, he's out for the first game with a right ankle sprain. So a lot of questions that need to be answered, and it starts tonight against New Orleans. Again, we'll give away another pair of tickets to the Grizzlies-Pelicans season opener a little bit later on in the show. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Hour two of the program, we open up talking Memphis Tigers basketball with assistant coach Andy Borman. Then Jerry Palm will join us on college football at 825. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 